Hi, it's Jamie. And I'm Portia. And we are Just Two Pearls. Join us for Adventures in Pearls. Hey, Pearls. We are back with another episode. A reflection from the gospel according to Solange. Don't touch my hair when it's the feelings I wear. Don't touch my soul when it's the rhythm I know. Don't touch my crown. They say the vision I found. Don't touch what's there when it's the feelings I wear. They don't understand what it means to me, where I choose to go, where I've been to know. They don't understand what it means to me, where we chose to go, where we've been to know. Yes, that is Don't Touch My Hair from Solange. Thus ends the reading. So, Pearls, if you haven't figured it out already, today's episode, uh, we're starting a two-part series all about black beauty. And, yep, you guessed it, this episode is about black hair. I think this is really interesting because when I've talked to women of other races, women have a lot of anxiety about our hair in general. So if you're not a black woman, um, but you have a relationship to your hair, which you probably do, don't stop listening. This is for you, too. And even for the brothers, I remember, uh, I haven't been actively following This Is Us. Nobody get mad at me. But in the first few episodes of This Is Us, um, you know, we see Randall, who's obviously the black kid in a white family. And um, Mandy Moore's character does not know where to take him to get a haircut. They have to start this relationship with black families, um, basically like just to like, take care of his hair. It also reminds me of an episode of Grey's Anatomy where like Derek and Meredith have adopted a black child. And like, <laughs> the black parents in the preschool are like, okay, this is not okay that y'all have perfect hair and you don't know how to do that baby's hair. Like, learn how to do that baby's hair. So I think it's, um, you know, for all of us who interact with people of different races, for all of us who have relationships with our hair, and even for people who have things like cancer um, and illnesses that have um, made it so that they don't have uh, hair, I think this is still a really important conversation um, because it still relates to the topic of beauty, right? We consider it to be beautiful for you to have hair and for it to look a particular sort of way. So when people are outside of that norm, it becomes a problem. So I'm really excited about this conversation. Um, but to start off, I want to um, offer a adventure about my own hair. Um, Portia has talked a lot about her hair journey on this show, which has been awesome, and we're going to talk about it more, a lot more today. Um, but in terms of my own hair journey, um, of course, like most black girls, natural up until like the teen years. And then I started getting uh, relaxers. And, you know, like weaves when I got older is protective styles. But I've never done like a super good job as, a, you know, in my late teens and definitely not in my 20s uh, in terms of like kind of celebrating and embracing my natural hair. There have definitely been times when my hair was natural, but I didn't really like it. Um, it was really challenging for me um, as a person who likes to work out a lot. It was difficult for me to maintain, like, natural styles that, like, looked good and that made me feel confident. But, you know, as I'm going through changes and getting older, I really do want to start better embracing my natural hair. Um, we're recording this, like, literally within a couple hours before I have to go to the hair salon to get my hair done. I'm just doing a weave. But I'm going to stop putting relaxers in my hair. I feel very committed to that. Uh, right now. And, and definitely in the summer, you know, y'all might see me uh, rocking the natural hair for a little bit. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm really uh, excited just to continue the journey. 
journey to using my hair as an extension of the way that I express myself in the world. But I might have some questions for those of you who are natural girls, you know, um, including Portia. Um, I'll, you know, might be asking for some advice and feedback. For me, I've always just been a girl who's, like, used to putting a flat iron in my hair, used to getting weaves, all that. And I still, you know, I love all that stuff. But I do want to definitely embrace um, my natural beauty and what I naturally look like. So we'll see how it goes, girls, and we'll talk about it, you know, throughout the next couple of months. Well, yay, Jamie. Come through with this. I'm about to go all the way natural and embracing my natural self because that is such um, – it's, it's a fun journey when we allow ourselves to be open to it. And, you know, there's no hateration or no shade to anybody who doesn't want to take that journey, like who does not feel led to that or called to that. And that's okay. Why? Because – going natural isn't for everybody, right? And, I, and it, it sounds weird to say, oh, being your natural self isn't for everyone. Well, when I say that, I mean everyone's lifestyle does not necessarily um, allow them to live into their natural hair. And, and I don't mean that into saying, oh, so you got to relax it, oh, you got to wear braids. No, I'm saying, like, if you're – like, it, natural hair is a commitment. Like, be, it being who your hair is, like, who you are, it's a commitment. Um, and it's really hard to break a habit when you've worn relaxers a majority of your life, right? So most black girls, not all black girls, but a lot of black girls, their mothers or grandmothers get them, you know, the little, you know, just for me, you know, back in the 90s, 80s, you know, little just for me box perms that and may relax and perm their hair, when they're little, and they kind of grow up and live in this world, you know, know, mostly knowing what it's like to have straight hair, and they have adjusted a lifestyle or um, adopted a lifestyle, rather, that will allow them and afford them to only know how to do their hair straight. And it's routine for them to go to the hair salon every two weeks and get a touch-up every six to eight weeks, right? So it's a routine. And once you have a habit, sometimes habits are are hard to break, especially if you've established a lifestyle. So, like, for me, I was natural from as a little girl all the way up until I was nine years old. My mother gave me my first relaxer. I remember it. I remember the day that I went. I remember the woman who did my hair. Her name was Yari. Um, she was from Philly. I remember the day that I got it, and I remember how it made me feel when I got it. I was already going to hair salons already. Um, just occasionally my mother would send me to the hair salon to get my hair done. Or she would be the kitchen beautician, and she would do it with her own hot comb at home. Or she would braid it, or my aunt would braid it, or um, they would just put me in pigtails and kind of send me on my way. So I had all kinds of hairstyles as a little girl. I wore my hair straight. I wore my hair with um, rollers. I wore my hair with braids, like all different kind of hairstyles. Like I had beads. I was cute, you know. My mother switched up my hair maybe like every – I had a different hairstyle probably – every three days. I was, it wasn't washed every three days, but it was definitely styled, you know, whether she would take the cornrows out and re-cornroll it at least probably once a week. If it was, like, in pigtails, it would definitely be done, like, maybe every couple days. But I got my first relaxer when I was nine, and then when I was in the fifth grade, because we didn't know what we were doing, <laughs> my hair fell out because I had braids, and, you know, we just didn't really know much about um, getting braids for my hair. And so my hair fell out. Um, it really broke off. And then it broke off again when I was a junior in high school. And 
it was interesting because I had to continue to go to the hair salon to just get my hair maintained um, and to regrow. And this is the, the, the glory is my hair always bounced back after having a hair tragedy. I've had many hair tragedies, but my hair has always bounced back, like always. And I praise God for that because that's, that's not everybody's story, right? And so in junior year when my hair broke off, and I started wearing weaves, I was like, you know what? I went to school with my hair, my actual hair broken off, looking broken off one day because my thing was I was the girl who had, you know, who always had her hair done. So I was like, mm-mm, we not, we not doing this. And so I wore a head wrap that one day, junior year, and I bet that same day I came home from school, I went to the hair salon, and I got my very first weave. And so you was not going to have Portia caught out here looking, looking crazy. That was not about to happen, um, you know, because, you know, high schoolers, you know, we're 16, 17, you know, we are, you know, a little narcissistic a little bit. And so got my weave, and then I was wearing weave all through my junior year. And then senior year, I was like, you know what, I'm tired of wearing weaves. I don't really like it. You know, I feel like I was covering up. And so I decided to say, you know what, I'm going to go to this hair salon, and I'm going to get my hair cut. Because nobody was rocking short hair, Jamie. Nobody was rocking short hair. Right, you know, like the Nia Long look, the Halle Berry look, like that wasn't a thing. Like everybody wanted to have long hair. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do something different. And so I said, I'm going to stop wearing weaves. I made a hair appointment to go get my hair cut, and I wore a haircut, a cropped haircut my entire senior year of high school. And I even went to Spelman with a bob because I was kind of slightly growing it out, but not really. Um, and so my first whole senior year of summit, not senior year, my whole first year of summit, I had a bob, and I had relaxers, and I was wearing braids. And then in my junior year, not junior year, my sophomore year of summit, a lot of girls were starting to go natural. Actually, they were starting doing it in my freshman year. And so I was kind of like, you know what, I'm going to do it too. My sister's natural, my mother's natural, my grandma's natural, I'm going to be natural. And so I said, you know what? I got in. I got one of the girls in the dorm. Her name is Deja Shields. Actually, her name is Deja Tyson now because she's married. Shout out to Deja. Deja took the scissors, got, and we were in my dorm room, and she just cut it off. She cut it all off. And then, I kid you not, Jamie, my hair grew like a weed, and it just started growing and growing and growing and growing, and I mastered a twist out, and the twist out was my go-to style, and everybody kind of knew me having twist outs, and I just kind of rocked this afro, and that was my hair. Um, but then my senior year, toward the end, I kind of got some heat damage because I was going to the salon too much because I thought I was cute. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get my hair straightened, blown out, you know, long hair, don't care. And then I kind of got some heat damage. But while we were at Yale, um, I actually colored my hair while we were at Yale. I still had some heat damage, but what people didn't know was every time I was washing my hair, I was also trimming my hair. So it didn't really look like my hair was was grown. Well, I mean, it looked like it was growing because clearly the color was growing out. But it didn't look like a huge difference in terms of the length. So I just started trimming my hair all the time. So every time I washed my hair, I would trim a little bit, trim a little bit, trim a little bit to let it bounce back. And then eventually, after yeah, I got those sister locks, which I told everybody the story of the sister locks and how they didn't work out, and I cut those, and I wore a paper cut for six for six to seven months. And now I'm just let my hair grow out. So that's like a quick and dirty, like, story um, in terms of, like, my actual hair journey, you know, just how I kind of got here. Like, I've had all kinds of, like, little mini hair catastrophes. But all in all, I'm grateful that my hair has been growing here. And, um, yeah, it's just been growing here. And so that's been just my story. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> and so, yeah. 
Um, and I know that people have always kind of, like, asked me in terms of, like, how am I letting my hair grow? How am I getting my hair um, to be the way that it is? And partly it's just, honestly, y'all, you got to Google for what works for your hair. You got to know your hair texture. You need to know your hair density, and you need to know your hair thickness, right? And you need to know your hair porosity. So I know that I have thick, coarse, low porosity hair, which means my hair is it's hard for moisture to get in, but once it's in, it stays in, right? And so I've had to customize a hair washing regimen that allows me the opportunity to get moisture into my hair, knowing that my cuticles are very tightly sealed. So I have to get that moisture in because once moisture is in, it will stay in. And that is the key to, to having natural hair. You have got to keep your hair moisturized. Moisture, moisture, moisture. I cannot stress that enough about having moisturizing. So for me, um, in my hair texture, for my hair type, I have to pre-poo, which is the pre-shampooing. like pre -shampooing. So I like either do like a, a conditioner or oil. Then I have to do like a cleansing, like a stripping. Now, mind you, I only cleanse and strip my hair with shampoo once a month right? Once a month do I strip my hair. Now, I wash my hair, you know, either every week or every two weeks, depending on, like, if I have time. But, you know, and you live, like, every two weeks. But you have got to strip your hair uh, and cleanse it really good at least once a month. Using a moisturizing shampoo is important. Using a deep conditioner is important. Um, and detangling is important. I can't stress detangling enough. If you have natural hair, you have got to detangle, either with your fingers or with a wide tooth comb. And when you detangle, when you have your deep conditioner, you have to detangle when you put your leave-in, when you're done washing. And then you've got to understand the types of products that you need. So for me, because I have low porosity here, I need to have leave-ins and styling products that will penetrate into the hair. So everything I use is cream-based. You know, oil-based just sits on top of my hair. Water-based things sit on top of my hair. So it won't penetrate. So I use cream-based. I use a lot of butters. Butters are good for me because it will penetrate into the cuticle. Also, you got to also know the seasons of, of the hair, right? So winter, you wash less in the winter. You wear more protective styles in the winter. Wear a silk scarf or a satin pillowcase to bed. Use less heat. Oh, my gosh, I cannot express how important it is to not use heat. People are frying the life out of their hair. Use less heat. The less heat, the better. If you're going to blow dry your hair, Blow dryer on a warm, a cool setting. I can't express that enough. The reason why my hair is growing like a weed right now is because I have not had any heat to my hair since I've had those sister locks cut off. I have not had any color or chemicals to my hair since those sister locks got cut off. And so I'm a year and a half post those sister locks, and I kid you not, my hair has been growing. Why? Because I have no heat on my hair. And I know my hair does not. It's not a fan of heat, clearly. Um... But if you're going to use heat, use a pre protectant. If you're going to wear braids and weaves, protect your edges. If you're going to wear wigs, make sure you're, you give your hair the opportunity to breathe underneath those wigs. Why? Because your hair needs to breathe, right? Our scalp is, is, a, is an organ. It has to breathe. Its skin has to breathe. And so giving your hair the opportunity to breathe it's also going to help aiding in that growth process and that healthy process. And people also make the mistake to think that long hair is healthy hair. Long hair does not mean your hair is healthy. You can have long hair and it could be damaged, but you can have short hair and your hair is popping. It could be thriving, right? So hair length does, that has nothing to do with hair health.
you know? Those are just some of my tips on hair. Um, you know, Google, y'all. Know your hair texture. Know your hair density. Know your hair thickness. If it's coarse, do what you need to do for coarse hair. If it's thin, do what you need to do for thin hair. If it's high porosity, do what you need for high porosity. If it's low porosity, do what you need for low porosity. Um, yeah, so those are kind of my thoughts on just, you know, the journey and just hair tips. But, you know, there's so much more to talk about in terms of hair, in terms of, like, hair history, hair styles, hair love. So can you talk about, you know, I'm sure the Spellman days were definitely different than the Yale days in terms of the way the community around you um, made sense of your hair. So can we just kind of talk a little bit culturally about what the, the kind of culture shift was for you going to a historically black women's college in Atlanta, Georgia, and then coming to New Haven, Connecticut for divinity school and being on this hair journey. Um, what was the experience for you? So the experience. So let me say this, right? So one times have like completely changed in terms of like culture, right? So when I first got to Spelman, a lot of girls had relaxes. A lot of girls were wearing weaves. A lot of girls were wearing um, straight hairstyles, whether it be a wig, a weave, or their own hair relaxed, right? And so we kind of watched this culture shift happening um, in the middle of my time there where there were girls wearing natural hair, but it wasn't really hot. You started seeing a lot of YouTubers, a lot of bloggers, people kind of emerging, and that movie came out, um, that Chris Rock movie. Oh, my gosh, the title is Oh, yeah, crazy. Good Hair? Was it called yes. Good Hair? Yes, oh, my goodness, that's it, Good Hair. I don't know how that, that easily of a title could escape my brain. Yes, and so Good Hair came out while I was in college, right? And so that was kind of in the research about the relaxers penetrating into your scalp and then the goop and the stuff that was kind of, like, embedded in people's brains and, like, the stuff that was happening and the hair breaking down, that movie in the time that I was in college changed the game. I remember it coming out around September, October while I was there. And my it was early on. So it was in my – I think it was my sophomore year. Yes, it was my sophomore year. And – I kid you not, that film, because, you know, it's Atlanta, right? Atlanta is like a hair capital. There's hair shows everywhere. And then um, there was a natural hair salon starting to emerge um, around that time. So this is like 2008, 2009, 2010, right? And so all you started seeing from Hollywood, from film, you saw women um, just saying, wow, like, is this what's happening to my hair? Just kind of like how everyone's going vegan now, like after watching – uh, these films like, you know, What the Health and all these other movies, and now people are starting to, like, be a little bit more health conscious. So it's interesting how a film can change the way people perceive themselves and just kind of the movement. So the natural hair movement was already kind of on the rise, but it kind of really boomed when this film came out, and people were like, wow, like, I got to know more about my own hair. And so for me, uh, in that culture, I was one of, the few girls who started going natural pretty early on. But I'll never forget the young lady, her name is Deanna Patterson, and she's actually out in Brooklyn, and she's um, becoming a trained hairstylist. And Deanna was one of the girls who cut her hair off and started going natural early. And we all just kind of saw Deanna's hair, and it's on another girl's name. Her name is Shawnette. We saw their hair beautifully just growing, um, and they became kind of like natural hair kind of who was on campus. And I was like, oh, I want some of that. <laughs> 
you know, not really knowing what my hair was going to do, but it's like I want some of that. So I, I felt very embraced um, in Atlanta at Spelman uh, with my natural hair. I became very confident in it because I wasn't the only one doing it. Um, one of my best friends, Danielle, she went natural at that time. A lot of my other girlfriends in my circle went natural around the same time, whether they were um, whether they were relaxed or not, everyone started taking better care of their hair, right? And so it became very communal, just witnessing young girls, teenagers, um, you know, 19, 18 years old, 17 years old, uh, 21, 22 years old, early 20-somethings coming together around a common theme of hair. And just the culture and what it bred in us is this, this community of loving who you are. And so by the time I got to Yale, I was already kind of assured um, and confident with what my hair was, right? I didn't really feel like I needed to press my hair to kind of impress somebody or to get somebody's attention. I was confident in, in just what I had on my head. And by then, by the time we started Yale, I was already going on three years natural. So I was already very, you know, I, I had given my hair a name by then. Like, my hair's name is Maxine, right? So I love Maxine because um, if you ever watch Living Single, Maxine Shaw had so much attitude, and I just loved her. Um, <laughs> and so I named my hair Maxine basically off the character Living Single. So people used to make a, a joke and, and call me Sinclair, not because Sinclair is dipsy, but they called me Sinclair because I wore braids. And they called me Sinclair because, um, you know, because I'm light-skinned, right? So they kind of, like, say, oh, you kind of look like Sinclair, not because I act like Sinclair. No, I'm not dipsy like Sinclair. But it kind of looks like I had a look like Sinclair from Living Single. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, my hair's name is Maxine, so there's that. So by the time I got to Yale, um, like I said, I was kind of confident in um, the culture of Yale didn't really make me feel like I couldn't embrace it. I didn't really feel like I needed to go get a weave. I didn't really feel like I needed to look any different than what I was because I just came from, you know, the birthplace of black girl magic, right? And so I kind of felt like deployed into the world to be to be that light and to be just kind of like embracing that that natural hair and so I just you know it was just me <laughs> you know I was just I was just being me uh yeah and then I decided to do something different with like coloring um along the way but other than that um outside of just like trying to experiment with color um yeah I knew I was going to be natural that that was that was it <laughs> and I wasn't going to change that because I, I established a look right I was identified by my Afro, um, and I loved it. And so, yeah, I stuck out, <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's interesting about that is despite you being the girl with a very distinctive look, how others of us would get called by each other's names, including being called by your name, even though you were the only one with that very distinctive look. So that's what I think is really interesting about that. Uh, that anyway. Uh, white supremacy is real. And I also remember this (laughs) student who had graduated, and you know who you are if you're listening, Um, but you remember, Portia, I did the pixie cut um, right at the start of third year or middle of third year or something. There was this young lady who had graduated, and again, you know who you are if you're listening. We were in the common room, and I was talking to her. We weren't really good friends when she was in divinity school. And she was like, oh, my gosh, look at your hair. So cute. And she ran her hands through my hair, Borja. I was like, wow. Huh? Violation. So anyway, <laughs> figure Don't Touch My Hair from Salons was perfectly appropriate because that is my bigger experience um, with hair 
that I think a lot of people uh, in dominant society, it doesn't happen in black culture, obviously, like we know like what our hair is doing and we just say like, oh, hey girl, I see you. And that's it. Um, but like in the dominant culture, kind of being treated almost like an exhibit or a zoo animal, like people want to like touch your hair, talk to you, give you, ask lots and lots and lots and lots of questions, which I don't mind answering questions, but at the same time, like please don't ask me like I'm on exhibit and this is like 1700 and this is like we're buying and exchanging me. Like, no, 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 no. Like there are like, I don't know. I just feel like have a relationship with me. Don't just come and talk to me about various things that are going on with my hair or all of that. I just think that's absurd. So I think that was my bigger issue um, when I was at Divinity School, more like people feeling like they own some sort of right to uh, touch me or to ask me a whole bunch of questions about my hair. And it was like, no, just let me live. I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'll never forget one time um, where I got my hair straightened while we were at school. And I don't remember why I straightened it. I, maybe probably because I felt like it, because um, I do that, right? <laughs> um, and a professor was like, oh, hey, um, your hair is straight. And it's like, yeah. Portia, why do you do that? You don't have to do that. Your hair is so beautiful the way it is. And I'm like, I know you ain't about to lecture me on the beauty of my actual hair, right? I'm like, I know what it is. I just, you know, I don't remember why I straightened it. But I did. And they were just like, I love your big hair. Like, that's the, that's your look. You need to keep that. And I was like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do because I'm grown and I pay for this. <laughs> so if I want to go to the salon, you know, to get my hair done so someone else can trim it, so I'm not trimming it, I'm going to do that. Yeah, that I, don't, I was just kind of like, okay. Yeah, I was just kind of like, okay. But, yeah, no, I was called other people's names um, well, actually, I was going to call one person in particular's name uh, while we were at school. And, you know, it didn't really bother me. I just, not really. I was kind of taking that compliment because that person was cool. But <laughs> in my estimation. But I was also kind of like, uh, yeah, no, but I'm Portia. So I didn't really have it too, too much where I would call somebody else. The only person who kind of called me someone else is if, like, they were new to the campus. But everybody who was kind of, like, established or, like, has been around, they, they knew exactly who I was. Um, yeah. But it also made me think about something else. When I started wearing wigs, people thought they could just, like, kind of pet my wig, which I could not stand. So, like, when I go to the airport and I fly and I have, like, a flying wig, um, and every time my hair would get pat down at the airport through TSA, it would just kind of annoy me. Because they would never touch my hair when it was my actual hair. But then I started wearing wigs. They would touch my hair, touch my wig. And then I said, well, I'm going to do an experiment. I'm going to wear a straight wig to the airport and see if they touch that. Nope, they don't touch my straight wig, Jamie, but they want to touch my big one. And I'm like, okay, so y'all want to touch my big wig, but y'all don't want to touch my straight wig. What's up with that? So, you know, actually I haven't worn a wig actually Mm, I don't remember the last time I wore a wig, to be completely honest. I haven't worn a wig since 2018 began, so there's that much. Oh, you know what? That might have been the last time that I wore a wig was watch night, Jamie, now that I think about it. So we're four months with no wig. Praise God. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, they just like to touch it, right, when I'm flying. They want to touch it. Like, no, don't touch it. Stop that. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's some kind of one fascination that sometimes um, 
people of another hue like to touch our hair, like it's some phenomena. And I think they're fascinated because, you know, their hair just don't do that. So I think it, it is something that's different, but that doesn't mean you touch it. Like, I think touching people, period, is a violation. So, like, do not touch me, and, and darn sure don't touch my hair. Um, yeah, because that's not okay. So in terms of just people touch, trying to touch my hair at Yale, I never had anyone actually try to touch my hair, um, maybe because they knew better. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no one's actually physically tried to touch it. And then people make comments, but no one's trying to touch it, yeah. Okay, so let's shift gears a little bit. Um, we've talked a lot about um, the hair on our heads, which is a very important topic, and we could probably go on for a long time talking about that. Um, but I know there's also a newer movement also regarding body hair. And, like, before I go too far with this, I do want to just reiterate what I already said at the beginning, that I know various people have diseases or illnesses, where they are not growing hair on their head or anywhere else. And that, you know, is something that, of course, changes this conversation. And I think that's important to note. And also that some people, it's not a disease, like uh, Brooke, who we went to divinity school with, like she does not grow hair on her legs. She just doesn't, like not an issue for her. <laughs> so while the rest of us are, like, running around trying to figure out, like, um, what, however we feel about leg hair, like, she's just not thinking about that. She's just living her life. So there's also that. But there's, like, a newer movement where women are also embracing just wearing their body hair, you know, maybe, like, not shaving, not, like, uh, for those who wax, waxing, not doing laser treatment, which doesn't really work very well for black women anyway, but for those who are able to do laser treatment, not doing laser treatment. See pictures of people who are just wearing their leg hair or wearing hair on, on their underarms. Um, what I think is interesting about this is also I think culture plays into this um, because I know like in the South, for example, like if you're in certain parts of like the Carolinas, for example, um, there are women who just don't shave their legs, just like culturally is not a thing that they're concerned about. Um, but what are kind of the teachings or even that you either got from your family or society about body hair, if any? That's interesting because um, I didn't even know that was like a thing right now. <laughs> um, so that's, that's interesting. In terms of like body hair, uh, my family's never made me feel like that's like a bad thing, right? My mother kind of had this thing where we weren't allowed to shave our legs or anything um, until we got to, like, a certain age. You know, because, like, little girls, you know, if you start shaving, it's going to keep coming back, right? So that's what they say, right? If you keep shaving, you got to, you know, start shaving, keep shaving. So my mother didn't even really want us to get our eyebrows done until we were, like, in high school. Um, I actually started getting my eyebrows done when I was 10. Thanks to my godmother. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, actually, that's how I get my nails done, too, with my godmother uh, when I was 10. And so that's why my nails are always done. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, but, yeah, back to the body here. My mother, you know, she wasn't really big on, like, oh, you have got to shave all the time, right, when we were little. So she, when we got to a certain point, it was kind of like I remember very distinctly when I was 16, um, getting ready to go to a dance, and it was kind of like, okay, you know, You've hit puberty, you know, all right, here you go. Here's the razor. Shave them under arms. <laughs> you know, kind of like, oh, okay. Um, 
and it was kind of like, you know, clean it up. Like, you're wearing a strapless dress. Because I was going, um, my friend, a friend of mine had a party, a dance, like a, it was like a sophomore dance at her school. We didn't do that in Bridgeport. But at her school, they had like a sophomore dance, kind of like a formal, like a like prom, but not prom and not the ring dance. It was a sophomore prom, and it was held at the school. So, I mean, it was cute. So, but my mother was like, it's time to, you know, start shaving. So I remember that was the first distinct time I remember shaving my underarms, and my father walked by. He was like, good Lord, you're grown up, woman. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, so it almost felt like this rites of passage, um, like, like you're coming into, like, quote, unquote, womanhood um, by doing these things like, okay, you're old enough, you're grown enough, so now you start shaving. Um, so I think that was kind of like the culture. It's like you don't do it before a certain age um, in terms of just like shaving your legs, shaving your underarms. It was almost like that was something that kind of signaled that you're older. But as I've gotten older um, and in my own little lane here, I, I'm fine with body hair for me, you know. Like, I, like, in, like for the summer, I shave my legs because my, I like my legs out. Um, and in the summer, I wear, you know, I like wearing, like, you know, shorter sleeves and dresses that kind of, you know, have your arms out. So I shave under my arms then. But that's really only in the summer. Like, but you better believe, like, fall through the spring, I ain't shaving. Like, I'm not worried about it. Why? Because ain't nobody seeing it. So I feel like if it's not being seen, you know, then who cares? But I don't even think that body hair is something that's even, like, offensive. So I, And that's something that I never understood, why people think that body hair is offensive. To me, it's not even offensive. Like, if you got underarm hair, you got underarm hair. Like, who cares? Like, men don't walk around shaving. Like, who cares? I mean, some do because that's what they do. It's, you know, they like to shave. And I'm just kind of like, who cares? So I, I've always been a, a quote unquote a hairy person, and I I mean that in the best way. Like I have thick hair, right? And so I I don't just have thick hair on my head. I have thick hair everywhere, literally. So it's kind of like I it, it's everywhere. So yes, there's a certain level of grooming that I do for my own personal comfort of you know just uh, on my body. But I'm not embarrassed about having hair. You know, I might groom, you know, places, but I'm not going to, like, just be all out here just willy-nilly and just, I need you to go and wax everything off. Like, for what? Um, yeah, like, if it wasn't supposed to be there, it wouldn't grow. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm just kind of like, it's there. I don't mind, you know. So, yeah, in summertime, it's a little different because I'm just out here. But what fall through the spring, please. <laughs> What's a razor right. during those seasons? <laughs> like, what is that? I don't even know if I got a right. razor in my house right now. Yeah, you know, obviously I live in West L.A., so the culture is a little bit different, and definitely the weather is different and allows you to wear different things than we do um, in New England in the winter time and in the early springtime. So it is more of a thing that I think about more now. Granted, I'm not. 18, so I don't know if I'm pressed about it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think about that sometimes, you know, if I hadn't gone to a school like Wellesley um, for undergrad, if I had gone to a school more like UCLA, how would my, you know, kind of cultural understandings of myself had been different, you know, going, first of all, being at a co-ed school in general, but also being at a co-ed school in a place where it is warm and sunny most of the time. And there are obviously, uh, like, physical and clothing expectations that come along with that. But anyway, my wax girl at European Wax Center, 
Um, European wax centers are like kind of all over the country at this point, and they're very like clean and neat if you're into waxing. Uh, but anyway, my wax girl at European Wax Center, her name is Eunice. She's black. I love her. She has nice, curly, natural hair on her head. It's beautiful, and, like, uh, she's just so lovely. And she, uh, we were talking about her upcoming 30th birthday last time I was there. So, you know, she's a millennial like me. So Eunice and I have fun. But anyway, Eunice is a California girl, and so she gives me the best eyebrow wax, lip wax, chin wax that I've ever gotten in my life. It's interesting because I'm, you know, the spring break here, and so I wanted to get more of a uh, a wax in my bikini area than I have gotten in the past. And it was really funny because Eunice was saying how, uh, you know, that she and her siblings, uh, you know, female siblings, how they all wax everything all the time. And Eunice was like, you know, when she was about 20, she learned about waxing and uh that she has, like, not gone back since. She, like, wants everything on wax. But, of course, her grandmother is like, you girls, if it wasn't supposed to be there, it wouldn't grow. Like, stop waxing everything off. So I think they're just really interesting, like, just different, um, maybe even just generational, cultural, and definitely, like, location-wise expectations um, of women and body hair. And, you know, I traditionally thought women of color more had an attitude like yours, Portia, where it was kind of like, whatever, if it's down there, it's down there. If it's not, it's not, whatever. Um, But it's interesting now being on the West Coast, like I think that definitely is not the culture. But like I said, I think that relates very much to the place that we're living, the environment that we're in. It just seems like you should be able to run around like, you know, in a bathing suit if you want to and not really think about it. And, And so I just think it's a really interesting question, which, like I said, I think has regional implications, has generational implications. Um, But I agree with Portia. I think ultimately each one of us has to do what makes us comfortable. I'm not sure that – I don't really remember my mother really being too on me one way or the other when it came to body hair in particular. I mean, I think we have more conversations about the hair on my head than we do hair anywhere else. I think most of the – messaging that I get about body hair I get from the dominant culture not from my home but most of the messages I've gotten about hair have come primarily I mean hair on my head has come mostly from my parents home so anyway so I just think that you know even my dad had opinions about hair (laughs) on my head because I don't want to just put that on her she had I mean he had opinions about that as well so anyway so I just think it's really 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 interesting and pearls if you have any kind of thoughts or opinion about the hair growing on your head about uh, the kind of dominant social conversations about body hair, we would love to hear from you. Shoot us an email, send us a DM, uh, let us know what you're thinking about this topic. So I guess we've been talking for quite a while, so let's uh, wrap it up. And Portia, do you have um, a petty pearl that you'd like to close us out on today? Oh, yes, child. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So as it relates to hair, right, and this is a petty general pearl, as it relates to the hair on folks' head or the hair under your arms or the hair anywhere, I think that people should reserve their own comments and keep them to themselves. Stop giving people unsolicited advice when it comes to the hair on their body. You know, you don't know whether somebody is 
you know, beautifully bald, whether it's by choice or due to alopecia or illness or cancer, whether if someone is beautifully, you know, maned with hair all the way down their back, whether it's locks or whether it's curls, whether it's relaxed, whether it's straight, you know, whether it's mohawks, whatever the hair that is on somebody else's head, mind your hair. Don't be worrying about other people's hair and what other people are doing. So my thing is this. Let people live. Let people do their thing. Mind your business. If a sister want to bust her hair off because she want to feel like a rock star, then, girl, let her do it. If a brother wants to lock his hair and he wants to color it like Odell Beckman Jr. and he wants to have, you know, the little blonde situation going on, let him do it. At the end of the day, if you got a silk press or whether you want to have your hair corn-rolled up into a crown, at the end of the day, your hair is your hair, and you can do whatever you so wish that you want to do. If you want to wear a wig, baby, wear your wig. If you want to wear a weave, baby, wear your weave. My thing is this. People, stop giving folks unsolicited advice when it comes to their hair. If they ask you about it, then let them, you know, then let them know. But if they don't ask you, don't give them no advice. And two, keep your hands out of people's hair. We are not pets. We're not here for your entertainment. My hair is not supposed to be touched. Jamie's hair is not supposed to be touched. Don't be running your fingers, your nasty fingers that probably been in your mouth through somebody else's hair after you just finished eating chicken. Don't be running them fingers through nobody's hair. Keep your hands to yourself and mind your hair and mind your business. That's all I got for y'all today. Be blessed. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Just Two Pearls. And you can email us at adventures at just2pearls.com. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.